Today on Fuzzy Logic, we're talking all things National Science Week. We've got satellite selfie, science and art, and the Science Alliance. All that and more coming up for your science on a Sunday, right here on Fuzzy Logic. Morning, Canberra. Welcome to Fuzzy Logic, your science on a Sunday. My name is Broderick, and it's a pleasure to have you with us as we delve into the world of science. Thanks very much to Bruce for Irish voice beforehand. Always a pleasure here on 2XFM. But uh, now we're diving into the world of science and we have National Science Week coming up really soon, which is super exciting, August 15 to 23. And there's a whole bunch of stuff happening across Canberra. So I've brought in some of those fantastic people here to share some of the things that are happening And first up on the line today, joining me via phone is uh, Dr. Brad Tucker, here to talk about the satellite selfie. Good morning, Brad. How's it going? Yeah, going really well, mate. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Now, Brad, uh, you're an astrophysicist from the Australian National University. And uh, during National Science Week, you've organised a satellite selfie. What on earth is that? Yeah, well, it's it's out of this earth. That's the great thing about it. Um, it's uh, using a, a fairly high-resolution satellite. So this satellite can see detail about 50 centimeters, which from 770 kilometers away, uh, you know, imagine you're standing in Sydney and you're able to, able to see an A3 sheet of paper in Melbourne, right? You know, that's the capability this satellite's going to do. That's a pretty um, high-powered camera. <laughs> is, right? I mean, you think 50 centimetres, oh, that's not that big. But, you know, if you think that halfway across Australia, we can zoom in on a sheet of paper and see it, you know, that's pretty remarkable. And so we, uh, we're we going to be using this satellite during uh, Science Week. So there'll be three attempts um, for satellite selfie to happen. And so it will go over Canberra and anything and anyone or whatever that's outside during that time will be captured to kind of create a selfie image from space that just sounds amazing and so you're saying 50 centimeters wide we can see what's going on and you said the satellite's 770 kilometers above us how how fast is it moving as it goes across to take the photo yeah look that's kind of remarkable right you know this thing is traveling um just over twenty five thousand kilometers an hour so you know it's whizzing by accurately shooting at the exact area we told it to do seeing the resolution that we need, you know, at that 50 centimetres, um, and able to capture, you know, in multiple colours, so it looks like a colour image, not black and white. The cool detail um, of whatever is out, you know, and, and we, we hear a lot about satellites, you know, we see people talk about it all the time. You know, we sometimes don't fully appreciate the technical detail that goes in to pull these things off and, and how we use them and what their capabilities are. And, you know, a great example of this was this summer in the bushfires. We saw you know, those fire maps and the data and where the fire was heading. You know, that was all because these satellites were zooming in and able to measure uh, the ground content, the weather, um, the moisture, and where the fire was moving on the scale of tens of centimeters, allowing us to make great, safe, informed decisions. And so we're trying to bring that capability back in a fun way. 
Yeah, so when you're talking about the bushfire monitoring and that sort of thing, there, there's a whole lot of different things that you're sensing. Um, so what, what sort of sensors are up there and how is it actually sensing the stuff for the photograph? Because I presume it's just not a normal camera up there. That's right. You know, it's not just your mobile phone. Um, <laughs> that's right. So you have a camera that takes different wavelengths, different colors of light. Uh, and so the satellites that we're, we'll be using can take uh, anywhere from four different colors. So we kind of break it up into different parts of the visible spectrum. Um, and some can actually even go into the infrared. So beyond the colors we can see with our eyes, so that those redder colors like night vision or cricket vision. And so by allowing us to see the different colors, you can see things, for instance, what's going under the smoke. So the infrared can see a little bit under the smoke layer, for instance, the fires. You can see by comparing um, the different colors, say, red to green um, and blue, you can look at um, you know, landscape, how dry or how moist the landscape is. And so these satellites are used for you know, ranges of things from water monitoring uh, to agriculture um, and, you know, sometimes uh, mapping just movements of people. And in fact, one of the powerful images that some of these satellites have been seeing as they've been going ahead in, in the world of COVID is really seeing the movement of people has changed, right? Where you would normally zoom in on a city and see a whole bunch of different structure and people and color. It's not there because the people and the movements haven't been there. So there's definitely a, a wide range of ways they come into our everyday lives. Yeah. So what are you hoping to see when the, the satellite flies across Canberra? So what we want is everyone to go out and create something fun. Uh, now, the satellite will be passing over between 10 and 11 a.m. Uh, all of those days, the 17th, 19th, and the 21st. Um, and probably towards the end of this week, we'll have like the exact five minutes. So there will be like a very specific five minutes the image is being taken. Um, but plan on between that 10 and 11 a.m. hour. So it could be doing designs at your home or your work or your school. Uh, it could be taking some friends and you forming a, you know, lying down in an oval or formation and you spell out a really cool message, you know, say hi back to the satellite or, uh, you know, something related to science week or anything in between. Um, you know, if you have a work car park, right, imagine you have 100 cars at work. Well, when we see a car from these satellites, you can see the windshield. You can see the runners in the side of the windshield. You can clearly make out the size and the color and the shape of the car. So imagine if you parked your cars in this huge formation, you would spell this giant message seen back in space. So really, the sky's the limit to what you can do, as long as, you know, the bigger, the better. That sounds great. I feel like I'm going to stand at the entrance to my car park on, on those mornings and start directing people where to go. <laughs> that's, right, that's right, you know, lining them up. Why are we not parked the life? Well, you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> So there's some awesome stuff that people can do themselves. Uh, are you expecting to see any anything else as the selfie goes over, as the selfie as the satellite goes over? Um, anything you know, further scientific uh, discovery or anything like that that we can utilise from it? Well, that's that is one of the interesting things. The satellite selfie A is happening both in the ACT and the surrounds, and we're working with the Northern Territory. So there's like 19 towns happening in the Northern Territory. So it's like a territory satellite selfie. Um, but we will start actually to get to the, in the parts towards the south of Canberra uh, and towards the east, say, you know, Bungendore, where we'll actually see a bit of the area that was covered in the, the bushfires this summer. So there will be some interest, and there'll be some interest to look at how the landscape has changed, you know, in the Magi near Mount Tennis and, and near Sarah, um, where the bushfires were there and out towards Bungendore. Um, so there will be some different images. And, you know, we could, it's also just like comparing the images, right? You know, spot the difference. If we 
lots of images have been taken of, of Canberra over time for lots of different purposes. So you can kind of compare how the landscape has changed, uh, how dry it is, how houses and people are migrating. So there's a huge amount of potential that just I and others are interested in, but some of the scientists who work at, say, Geoscience Australia um, or across the university sectors and, and or CSRO, they can see in some of the research they do about people, land, water, movement, seeing different changes over time allows us to figure out what's going on in our landscape. Um, so it'd be quite interesting. In fact, you know, we're having this great rain shower um, this weekend. Um, everything should be a bit greener next week, and that would be actually quite interesting to see. And what happens if it is raining when the um, satellite comes over? So that is right. You know, that is our biggest worry is weather and astronomy space stuff don't always, you know, agree. People always wonder, oh, could, you know, can the satellite see through clouds or, you know, can a telescope see through clouds? Well, if you can't see it, we can't either. And and if we we had a way through it, we already would have done this. So the way we're mitigating this is the three attempts. So you know, go out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we don't know which one's going to be clear. And even if it's not looking fully clear, you know, maybe today, okay, yeah, we're not going to see anything. But, you know, the weather and clouds move on the scale of minutes. So if it's clear for that five to ten minutes, that's all we really need. So that's the way we're dealing with this, is doing three attempts uh, spaced out throughout the week. So that way, if there's any weather patterns or storms, um, they usually change over the week. And we'll kind of take the clearest, best image. So if you're going to participate, go outside on all three times or on all three days. Awesome. And so you're talking about just a small five to ten minute window. So that's that's specifically when the, the satellite is flying across us. It's not always floating above us, this one? No, that's right. So, yeah, so these satellites are um, in what we call a sun-synchronous orbit. So we have some satellites like geosynchronous orbit. So these are the ones that are at 36,725 kilometres which are always above us, and so they kind of move at the same speed the Earth rotates. But we're going to be looking at satellites that are going around the Earth, so they take about 100 minutes to go around the Earth. So one loop takes about 100 minutes, traveling at 25,000 or so kilometers an hour, or 1,000 kilometers an hour. Um, so there's always a time in the middle of the day between that 10 and 11 window where it's over Australia, and if it's free to be imaged, it's being imaged. And so that's what we're going to be doing. Um, so you won't, it's not always up, it's not always over us. It does always pass over us at some point, just maybe not when we're looking or we're needing it. Yeah, so what is it doing when it's um, just hanging out there in space at other times? So, yeah, I mean, that's a great re- question because these satellites are owned by different companies, and so people put in requests. Um, so they say, hey, you know, we need time on this to do satellite selfie. Some people do it for scientific reasons, and there's actually programs at the, the international level through the U.N., um, what we call spider, where if a country has a natural disaster, they could say, hey, we really need something to see what's going on. You know, if, if we go back to what, unfortunately, you know, the tragedy in Beirut a few days ago, satellites were tasked to image from space what had happened so they could get a better uh, understanding of the impact there. So there's kind of sometimes emergency calls to these satellites. So what they do is every, you know, they plan a few days out all of the information that is needed from the normal jobs, um, that are needed to get done, the special jobs like satellite selfie and those emergency jobs, and they're constantly updating it. So even if it's passing over Australia, there might be other parts of Australia it could be using, or it's taking a break to process the data before it goes to look at New Zealand or goes to look at, say, Indonesia or something like that. So it's this huge uh, matrix of information that kind of have to uh, balance all of the, the requests and the need for what these satellites need to do. 
Yeah, it sounds quite amazing and just uh, something that we're probably not aware of that's always, you know, just passing above us, uh, getting that data and, and processing it, which is just in, really interesting. That, that's right. And again, if, if we go back to the, the, the summer, unfortunately, you know, these satellites were just, there was a huge demand, you can imagine, the task from all the different things happening all across Australia. So these groups have to manage, all right, well, we need to look, you know, in Queensland, New South Wales, ACT, Victoria, that's a huge area to try and be imaged, which is really super urgent. So there's multiple satellites that do this. So they balance which satellite's doing which, which maximizes the science or the data, uh, and what is the needs, because they have satellites that can see all the way down to 30 centimeters, so even more resolution than what we're doing, and ones that can see less scale, down to about a meter, so they're less resolved. And sometimes just a meter is just enough. So they have all of these balances. And so even in holidays and summer holidays and Christmas period, there are people doing these jobs because you can imagine imagine if the satellite company took off in our, our Christmas, right? You know, how, how big of an impact that would have been. So it's just definitely this area of science and engineering that is constantly happening that, as you said, we're just not necessarily always aware of what's going on. Mm, quite amazing. Now, we're having the photos taken on, um, as you said, the 17th, 19th and 21st, Monday, Wednesday, Friday of National Science Week. But when do we actually get to see the pictures that it takes? So that's a great question. So it takes about 48 hours for the images to get processed. Um, And then we're going to spend a little bit of time putting all the images nicely together, uh, making sure uh, everything's worked. And then we're going to be releasing it by the 4th of September. So you won't have to wait very long. But it gives us some time to process it, make sure everything's right. You know, so for instance, maybe we have three clear days, um, and they're all three very clear images. Which one's the best image? Or can we maybe combine a few of the images in case only someone participated on Monday and Wednesday? Or maybe half of Canberra is cloudy and the other half is clear on one day and reverse on the other. So it gives us a chance to do all that little detail to produce the best, clearest, coolest, uh, and most fun uh, image um, for the public so that should give so that should give us about two weeks to do that so that's why we're aiming uh, by the 4th of september awesome and if people have any more questions about getting involved in the satellite selfie uh, where should they head so yeah there's a couple places you can go on facebook there's a, an event called satellite selfie so lots of detail and information and ticks, uh, tricks and trades for you to do it um, or you can search for inspiring the act so if you search for inspiring the act satellite selfie it will come up, and there's a whole huge guide about how you can um, do cool ideas. Maybe you're a teacher. Um, there's lots of good experiments and examples we have, and we even have stuff that teachers can use in the classroom. Um, or maybe you just need ideas about what to do at home and what's going to be seen. You know, materials, things that are reflective, that will be very easy to see in contrast, all those sorts of things. So inspiring the ACT satellite selfie or on Facebook uh, satellite selfie. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for sharing all that with us, Brad. It just sounds absolutely amazing. Um, I I now need to go home and think about uh, what I'm going to be putting out in my back lawn uh, to promote this. It's going to be awesome. It it will be. That's right. You know, and whatever it is, it's going to be staying in the images in the archives for years to come. So get it right. (laughs) All right. All right. I'll make sure I do. I'm I'm, going to have to put fuzzy logic out there somewhere, I'm sure. Definitely. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us uh, today, Brad, uh, and sharing that uh, fantastic event for National Science Week. No worries. And everyone, you know, have fun and enjoy a great science. Thanks, Brad. Well, uh, we've got plenty more lined up for National Science Week and a couple more events to share. But before we get to those, let's have a little bit of music. 
Missy Higgins there with her cover of Before Too Long featuring Amanda Palmer as well. Well, Science Week won't be happening before too long. It's coming up very soon, August 15 to 23. And uh, as I've said today, we have a range of people sharing what's going on in National Science Week. Uh, Before the break, we heard from Brad Tucker talking about the satellite selfie that's happening uh, through National Science Week and part of the Where You Are Festival with the ANU and support of the ACT government. It's quite amazing. Um, But there's a whole range of fantastic events happening and uh, the next event I want to talk about is Canberra Women of Science and Art. And I've got Claire Harris on the line with me who's running that event. Good morning, Claire. Hi. Welcome to Fuzzy Logic. Uh, let's let's talk about science, art, uh, and Canberra women as well. It's a, it's a jam packed event. Um, let's start in the science and art area. Now, your event is bringing those two things together, which is probably two disciplines that haven't always overlapped. Uh, how how do science and art fit together? Oh, such a big question, and such a good question. Um, I just want to also acknowledge that I'm working with uh, my colleague, Renee Arringer, who's actually um, doing a master's at the moment in uh, communication and outreach, science communication and outreach. Um, and she's really passionate about this area as well. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's more of a perception and the way that um, we, society, kind of classifies different industries. But actually, at its heart, science is inherently creative. And art is um, obviously creative, but art also is um, similar to science in that it's about us understanding the world around us and the things that happen um, and also understanding ourselves. So they actually complement each other quite well um, and you'll often see really brilliant partnerships with the diversity of a scientist and an artist or a scientist who approaches a problem from a different angle. Um, So I actually think science and art are very closely linked. Um, And when we talk about art, obviously that can be anything really. It's not not just painting or drawing. Um, There's a whole way different, you know, there's digital art, music, obviously, um, theatre, performing, all of those things that are um, all linked to creativity. Yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, and it's a great way to put it. I like that there, that really the the hidden, the side that we don't see as much of in science is that creative side, which is so artistic and we don't think of art as um, classifying the world, but it does and that's exactly what science is doing too. So it really sounds like a perfect fit. Yeah, yeah now, I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's all right. Um, now, I guess the other, the other side of... Um, your event is also uh, bringing together the Canberra Women of, of Science and Art um, and the, the amazing work that they're doing. Why are you focusing on um, women for this event? Well, um, I guess, first of all, um, you know, at a high level, we do have uh, in Australia um, um, issues. So, um, and, yeah, I guess in science there's... Uh, there's fewer females um, going through um, and having a scientific um, or a science-related career. And that diversity um, actually impacts um, a lot of things. So it um, affects the way that policies are made um, and 
the um, the Minister for um, Science and Industry, um, Karen Andrews, has even talked about um, evidence showing that businesses that are less diverse um, actually have um, lower profits. So the the issue of kind of diversity um, and particular particularly gender as the first kind of cab off the rank, really, um, it's quite pervasive and it goes, um, you know, there's been some really great studies done, um, such as the Women in STEM Decadal Plan from the Australian Academy of Sciences. And that really talks about um, some of the barriers and, and just the challenges that um, girls and then women, as they progress through their life and through their career, are faced with. And so one of those, um, I can talk about you know, there's quite a few that have been um, highlighted, but one of those is role models and being able to just see other people that might be like you or might be like someone you know um, going through and doing amazing things, that can often be um, sort of, you know, galvanising as a young person to actually see somebody else doing it and to be able to talk to them and to ask questions and to find out more about them. So that's one of the reasons why we've pulled together these five speakers um, and they're not just speaking as well, they're actually contributing to um, some of the resources that we've got available as well, free resources on the website. Um, and a couple of them are contributing prizes as well because we've got a, an artistic impression competition as a result of um, all of this kind of focus. We've, we've got that running um, as well through National Science Week. So we just um, basically... I don't know. I mean, I've been a fan of some of these women. Um, I've actually been following a couple of them for like five years or something. Um, one in particular, Michaela Jade, um, wasn't in Canberra when I first heard about the work that she was doing with augmented reality and Indigenous cultures. Um, and then I realised recently that she's actually in Canberra again. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, right, that's it. We need to talk to you. So um, Renee and I have, have basically just, dug around and found these absolutely amazing women and they're just their stories are so different and diverse and they're just doing really awesome stuff and they're so passionate um that we just we really just wanted to highlight what they're doing yeah i mean it's, it just sounds like you've found some people you really wanted to talk to and got them together um but uh, but it's going to be great for everyone else to have a listen to that too yeah we, <laughs> we hope so we hope so and they cover different areas as well so we've got an author um, we've got um, a couple that are in social enterprise, so they're, they're innovators um, and they're doing really high-impact, um, you know, business activities. Um, and then our youngest speaker as well, Maddie Diamond, um, you probably heard of her because she was ACT Young Australian of the Year um, for her leadership in sustainability. Um, and she's 23 years old um, and she's got a really interesting story just of how sort of she's um, operating in this space and her relationship to science as well. So um, it's not what you think. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's just amazing. Um, and in fact, if we haven't had Maddie on Fuzzy Logic, we must get her on to come and have a chat to us about her work or people can go and hear about her at your event. Um, what what uh, what can people expect if they join uh, for this uh, fantastic event, Claire? Yeah, so um, we've actually got two webinars running. Um, and they, we've got one on Saturday the 15th um, at 11am and that's really focused on a family um, audience. So we're really targeting um, parents and families of children any age, um, you know, up until sort of teenagers. 
but they're actually these webinars are open to anyone so we're not going to limit um, apart from the technology limitations we're not going to actually limit um, who attends them um, and then, so that's one webinar on Saturday the 15th and then we've also got another one on Monday the 17th um, at night time and that's more of a teen audience so um, on the Saturday people can listen um, and engage with uh, Julia Julia Lanford, who's um, a, a brilliant um, nature and art uh, entrepreneur. She's, she's been in camera for a long time. She's had an amazing career, and she now runs Nature Art Lab. So she'll be there. Nicole Godwin, who um, is an amazing author, um, and she writes environmentally angled books. Um, and also Megan Gilmore, who has basically invented a robot to help sick kids to... Um, still go to school, be able to engage in the school environment. So there, all those three are on the Saturday session. And in the Monday session, we've got Michaela Jay, who's that amazing Indigenous entrepreneur that I mentioned before, um, and Maddie Diamond as well. Yeah. Also, um, so two webinars, so I've just talked all about them. Um, we've got the two webinars, and then we've got some um, free resources on the website that people can engage with. And also we know sometimes... It's hard to get to a webinar. The timing might not work. We've got families and, you know, things happen with kids. Um, and, you know, we know that that's hard. So the webinars will be recorded. They'll be online. And we've also got some free um, resources on the website as well. And, of course, we've got a competition running with prizes. And this competition is basically encouraging um, all Canberrans. And we actually have a wildcard entry as well for uh, people from other states and territories. We actually had some people from Victoria um, and New South Wales that want to get involved. Um, so this competition is basically uh, like, you know, just no boundaries, just create something um, in response to this topic or to the speakers um, and submit your entry and we'll have some prizes. So we really want to celebrate the creativity that people, um, you know, hook into as they explore the material and get to know the speakers. Yeah, that sounds fantastic, Claire. So you can come along and listen to the amazing stories of these people and the path that they've taken and then get inspired and, and produce something creative and artistic out of it. Yeah. Exactly. And, for example, with um, Michaela Jade's work, so she's the CEO, founder and CEO of InDigital, um, they actually have uh, an app for people to be able to create augmented reality uh, characters. So, you know, the art that, or the artistic impression that we're talking about doesn't have to be sitting down with a pen and paper, even though that's, you know, that's what I love to do. But it could be digital, it could be animation, it could be video. Um, you could sing a song, you know, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> awesome. No, I love the augmented reality side of things. Like that's just technology right there, enhancing uh, the art and uh, making it even better again. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. And if people want to get uh, take part or get involved, um, where do they need to go? So all of the fantastic events from National Science Week are on the main website. Uh, which is, I think, from memoryscienceweek.net, and they can search um, by location. But this event um, you can find through the website innovatecommunicate.com, and then um, uh, there's a couple of backsplashes, but you'll find it in the top menu anyway. Um, it's just National Science Week 2020, and there's um, the information about the speakers and the resources um, and the competition info will be up shortly. Fantastic. Well, yeah, Claire, it sounds like you've got uh, something amazing lined up there. 
uh, with these uh, fantastic scientists and artists um, sharing their work and their stories. Um, so I'm certainly uh, keen to, to log on and uh, check it out uh, during National Science Week. Sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. And I mean, I think just like one of the things, one of the reasons why Renee and I are so passionate about putting this event on and just um, highlighting the diverse careers as well that these women have had, um, you know, some of them didn't do very well in math, for example, at school and, and weren't particularly sciencey. Um, some of them, you know, have and haven't been to university. Uh, this, you know, there are ways to engage with science and to be part of um, STEM um, with art without following a sort of traditional pathway. And I, I think that's one of the key messages. We really hate the idea that there might be people thinking, you know, sitting at home, like maybe little kids who have been interested and curious in some aspect um, of science or STEM or art, and they feel like, oh, I don't know where to go or I don't, don't know if I can do this or, you know, everyone around me is a lawyer. Um, maybe I shouldn't... <laughs> You know, we actually want to kind of blow some of that apart and, and just show people that there are opportunities um, and there's lots of things that you can engage with. So, for example, um, Libraries ACT are one of our supporting partners, um, as is Careers with STEM, and they um, have both provided, you know, the examples. The Libraries ACT have a, a range of really great um, books and resources and online um, things and they've also got some uh, 3D pens and, and other kits, robot making kits and things for National Science Week as well so they're doing really interesting stuff and that's accessible then to anyone around Canberra that wants to just go into their local library um, and careers with STEM, there's so much stuff on their website so there's, there's lots of things out there so we're just kind of wanting to shine the light on some of those resources and some of those organisations that are really behind people tapping into what they love to do yeah, that sounds fantastic. And that's one of the things I love about Science Clear is that um, if you're passionate about something, you can you can definitely explore it further with science, I reckon. Um, and it sounds like your event um, is just going to help enable people to, to do that and tap into that passion and hear from other passionate people too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think also, <laughs> just keep adding things on. No, sorry. go for well, it. You probably want to move on. But, um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things is, that even uh, like exposing really young children, so even babies, to scientific information and science stories and, and you know, talking about colours and numbers and all of that sort of thing, um, it really helps with their development. Um, and so the library resource, for example, there's, there's a section there for zero to two. And, um, and Julia Lanford, um, who does the, the nature art workshops, I mean, she will often um, run workshops uh, at the moment, it's a little bit tricky, obviously, with coronavirus. Mm. Um, but, you know, she has a lot of stuff that's for really young kids and just helping them to be curious um, and to explore the world around them. Fantastic. You can't start too early, can you? No. <laughs> Not at all. Well, thanks so much for sharing that with us this morning, Claire. It's been uh, fantastic to have you in... Um, and, yeah, sharing this little passion – well, not little passion project, this big passion project of yours. It's uh, fantastic. It's bigger than we thought. Like, <laughs> you just can't help it, right? It's, it's just so – yeah, it's interesting. And, um, yeah, and we, we're really driven to just um, share the stories of these women and, um, 
and, you know, get some other people excited. And we can't wait to see what people submit through the competition as well. We are so excited. To, you know, we really hope some, some quirky things come in. And, um, and in the activity kit, though, there's some colouring in sheets. So that's good for, for young and old. You know, everyone loves to colour in. So get your hands on those if you want as well. Awesome, awesome. We'll have to share some of those um, submissions when they come in uh, on our Facebook page um, so, so our listeners can see uh, what, what comes out of this. Sounds great. Yeah, and we are on Facebook as well. So we've got um, the event and the, uh, yeah, just information about the speakers and, and everything on there. So that's um, camp, just do a search for Canberra Women of Science and Art and you'll find it. Awesome, and we can share that on our Fuzzy Logic page as well, um, so our listeners can find that there. Thanks so much, Claire, and All right. uh, you have a na- happy National Science Week. Thank you. You too. Can't wait to see everything happening. Great. That was Claire Harris there from Innovate Communicate, uh, sharing her event, Canberra Women of Science and Art. We've got plenty more lined up here, folks, uh, with a couple of guests who are eagerly awaiting in the foyer of the studio. Uh, But before we get to them, let's have a little bit of music. You're listening to Fuzzy Logic here on 98.3 FM 2XX Community Radio. We are people-powered radio here in Canberra. And if you want to support 2XX FM, you should subscribe and be a part of it. And you can do that at 2XXFM.org.au. Make sure to subscribe. Well, today on Fuzzy Logic, it's Broderick here, and I am talking about National Science Week. We have... um, some fantastic events coming up throughout National Science Week, August 15 to 23. We've been talking about the satellite selfie. We've been talking about Canberra Women of Science and Art. But now I'm here to talk about Science Alliance. And I've got a couple of guests with me in the studio, Vanessa and Tess, here to Hi. talk about Science Alliance. Good morning. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, hold on. It helps if I turn your microphones on. Let's try that again. Good morning. Hi. Hi. There we go. That's better. Well, welcome to the studio, folks. I might start with you, Vanessa. Can you tell me about your passion project here, Science Alliance? What's it all about? Yeah, look, Science Alliance, it started uh, back at ANU, Australian National University, an alliance between people with disabilities, particularly intellectual disabilities, and science academics, joining them together to see if we had people who had a passion for science but didn't have any avenues to actually be able to practice science, learn science, get further in the science community. And, in fact, we have many. (laughs) We do. We have one of them in the studio with us today. Now, Tess, you're a participant of Science Alliance. Yes. Why do you love Science Alliance? What are your favourite parts of taking part in this? Um, Well... (laughs) Vanessa, a little bit nervous. That's all right. You're a little bit nervous here. You were telling me before that um, you absolutely love chemistry. Yes. Which is fantastic because I love chemistry too. I studied chemistry. (laughs) What what do you like about chemistry? What are the good parts of that? What What do you like the best? Never mind this. You tell us what you like the best of chemistry. Um. What do you like best about chemistry? Um. So chemistry is about mixing elements and 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 comp, and, comp, and compounds. Compounds? 
And compounds. Yeah, that's right. Mixing them together to make new things. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm. Are there are there any uh, chemical chemistry experiments that you've done that you particularly like? What's the one that we just did and you bloody love it? <laughs> oh, um, in the, the balloon in the bottle. Oh, yeah. the balloon and in the bottle. Oh, yeah. Cloud in the bottle. The cloud in. Yes. The bottle. Oh, cloud in the mm. bottle. Yes. That's right. So you pump some air in, and then have a sudden change in pressure, and what happens? Bang! Yes, cloud <laughs> in a bottle. <laughs> cloud in a bottle. It's fantastic. Uh, so, look, tell me a little bit about the program here, Vanessa. What What are you actually doing when you engage participants like Tess in Science Alliance? So, Tess, you love science. You've always loved science. Yeah. You did it. At, you did it at school. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. So, how about you tell us why you like doing it now in Science Alliance? What do you like doing in the group? What's, what is it about the group that is capturing your imagination after school? Why do you keep coming again and again to Science Alliance? What do you like about it? Mm. You've got friends there, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you've met a few people there. Um, I think this the, the thing that was... Um, that kept me going back again to Science Alliance was that there were people who had abilities but and that were uh, pursuing science on their own at home um, or after school or whatever way they could on the internet, like Tess and her chemistry and that sort of thing. <laughs> and they were peers. There was this whole peer group of people with intellectual disabilities that didn't know they were peers. So they came together... Tess is good at chemistry. Yes. Then we have other people who are good at physics. Remember who's good at physics? Who's good at physics? Um, is it... Uh, is it Molly? It is. Molly's great yeah. at physics. Yeah. Right? We've got another fella who's very good at technology and helps me a lot, especially when I have to do things on computers and stuff and I can't do it. Who's our tech guy? Who's the guy who's good at technology? I can't remember his name. Um, it's Jackson. Oh, it's Jackson. Jackson. Jackson yes. yeah. Jackson's also our muscle guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he helps us with all the weights and that sort of thing. Um, and what we found is the reason why they could pursue uh, science by themselves and not so much at school was that they weren't given the chance at school. It was assumed that they either couldn't do it or it was too hard for them to do it properly, so to speak. It was either modified to the point where it wasn't science anymore. Mm. It was just colouring in or something fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or it, um, it was science and it wasn't modified enough for them to actually do it themselves. Yeah. Like Tess, when it comes to chemistry, you like the actual mixing and finding out what, th- what happens. Don't. Yeah. So the practical side is there. Yeah. And it's the practical side that drives the other side. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's much yeah. more fun when it's hands on, isn't it, Tess? Yeah. When you actually get to do it. Yeah, it, it is, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's fantastic. So um, you've, you've talked about your program there. You're getting people hands on. Yeah. Um, and you talk about steps of thinking yes. in the work that you do. What What is steps of thinking? So. If you can imagine if you had a physical disability, okay, you'd get physio and you'd get all sorts of therapies that would help you move and then strengthen that part of the body that you needed help with, okay? Um, 
thinking is much the same. If you have an intellectual disability, there needs to be some sort of almost physio for your brain, as it were, to take you through those steps. A lot of things are really complex. For example, test the experiment that you do. Yes. With, that we do at National Science Week. We start from the small steps of the senses. What do you see? What do you see now? When do you see it? Where do you see it? Just those W questions. What, where, when, right? What would that mean? Does that mean it's hot or cold? When we do thermodynamics, we ask Tess what she sees and when, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And we talk about is the chemical reaction faster? Do you see it moving faster when it's hot or when when it's chilled? Yeah. Right? And then we start those very basic steps of thermodynamics and you can get quite far. We have uh, one young man who's with us and he's got intellectual disabilities, has had it his whole life, and he drives. And when you think of the steps that are in driving, there's very small steps that you and I and other drivers make all in a split second. For someone with intellectual disability to learn how to do that we break down that split second into what did you see, what, when, where. And the when is important because that's how you judge speed. And then the next step and the next step. So what you and I might think in a second is actually a lot of neural networks uh, sparking. And so we break down the sparks like, Tess, what do you see? What do you hear? Just what your senses tell you. Then what do you think about it? And what you think is the what, when, where, and how. And once you get to the how, then you can take the next step. Mm. Yes. (laughs) No, that's exactly, and that's exactly what um, I mean. Scientists, science is all about, really, is is observation. It's a series of observations that we put together to to find something out and that side of thing. Um, So you know, it's it's just uh, super exciting there. and so what sort of outcomes are you seeing from the program, Vanessa? Now, Tess, I, I want mean, you to tell us about yeah. this, right? All right. <laughs> because you, you um, sort of didn't get a, a chance to do science in college, did you? I, yeah, you did yeah, when, no. No, so you did high, science at high school? Yes. What happened when it went to college, year 11 and 12? What happened then? Uh, didn't get a chance to do it or could do it or what happened there? Tell us. It's really hard. Oh, God. Yeah, it was. It no, was really you, hard. You can say that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it was really hard, wasn't modified, didn't look at signs for a while, and you looked to get work. Yes, yes. So work is also another complex thing. Mm-hmm. Go for the – apply for a job you can do, right? Yes. <laughs> then, but everyone, apply, everyone who applies can do that job. So yes. then win the interview. <laughs> but Tess is working now. And tell us where you're working. So I am working on on the grind in a in a cafe. Yep, yep. cafe called yeah. On the Grind. Fantastic. Right. And what we've got now is we've got Tess using the processes that she learned at Science to apply it for work. So it was fine. Tess got a a bit of a part time job there, and then they showed Tess how to use the actual coffee machine. Yes. Tess can <laughs> pull a coffee for us now. No problem. Yes. <laughs> There was chemistry in it, right? Yes. The temperature you have to get the beans. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. And now Tess is on the cash register. 
So, <laughs> are you not? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So using a bunch of maths in there, which yes. is another clearly important part of science and what's going on. An important part of chemistry too, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it. Tess is asking for a little bit more maths, please, so she knows what she needs and we can put that in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for, for you, Tess, I guess coming to Science Alliance, you have fun with friends. Yes. But you're also learning things that are good for your job as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. no, it's fantastic to see. And just amazing um, stuff in there. Now, yeah. I just want to say another outcome is this sort of confidence that Tess is learning <laughs> to get. This is the first time Tess has done anything like this on her own. She's doing a fantastic public, job on the radio. It's amazing. Super excited in front of that microphone. She is dancing, <laughs> I swear, everyone. I know you can't see it. Yeah, look at her go. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but no, it's just, just amazing. So National Science Week, um, it, there's an opportunity for other people to see what Science Alliance is doing. Yeah, I really hope for a lot of teachers and parents of people with intellectual disabilities to, to check out that and to uh, meet us online because then more people like Tess will get those steps of thinking. Right. Once we reach the teachers and the parents, that's that's the steps of thinking that you can use to reach people like Tess, and then yes. Tess will yeah, <laughs> and then Tess will take over from there. And uh, it's not necessarily just about science; it's about giving you that uh, model or pathway of thinking that Tess and people like again then take away to a cafe or a workplace, put that in place to actually take over the whole range of those jobs move from a disability payment to an actual award wage, which Tess is on now. And I had science in high school, but it wasn't quite right for them. Um, but why, 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 would that, why should they come along to Science Alliance? What, what are the good things about joining Science Alliance? I so mean, if Broad wanted to join, what would yes. you tell him? If Broad came up to you, Tess, can I come to Science Alliance? What would you say? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, Definitely. Definitely. And why? Why should he come? Is it nice to come? Yeah, it's really Why nice it, to come. It's nice to come. Yeah. Why is it nice to come? What will he do there? What is it that Broad would do if he came to science? Because of chemistry. You could do some chemistry there. I can do there. some chemistry. Yes. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And when would he do it? At Science Alliance. Okay, there you go. Fantastic. Whenever we have it. We have it three times a week, so come along. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. And, um, yeah, if people want to check it out during National Science Week, you're doing Please an do. online session, is that Free right? Free online. Um, you can see it, Down Syndrome ACT's uh, Facebook. You can just put in Science Alliance into Google. It's the first thing that comes up. And, of course, check out National Science Week's Facebook. Yeah. We'll be there as well. Yeah, no, there's some fantastic stuff. And look, I'm, um, it's been super exciting to have you both in the studio sharing um, these amazing things that you're both doing in Science Alliance, um, the amazing experiments there. It's just been yes. fantastic. <laughs> uh, thanks very much, Tess and Vanessa. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Good And thank you. And bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, Tessa. Look, thanks so much to you both for coming in. Um, It's been amazing to have you here. Just one of the many events that are happening during National Science Week. And as we've said on air today, uh, if you want to get involved with National Science Week, head to uh, scienceweek.net.au where you can see all the events. 
It's a bit different this year because of COVID. There's a lot less happening in person. In fact, there's very little happening in person. So there's a whole heap of stuff you can do online. You can watch things like Science Alliance online. Uh, You can check out Claire's Canberra Women of Science and Art. And you can take part in the satellite selfie too at your own home. Uh, Check out the ACT National Science Week Facebook page for more details. And we'll certainly be sharing them on our own Fuzzy Logic Facebook page too. So you can check it out there. Next week, we're going to have even more event holders uh, from National Science Week sharing the science that they're doing and what's on offer. Uh, so make sure you tune in next Sunday, folks, uh, for Fuzzy Logic right here on 2XFM. Uh, it's just some amazing things on offer. So uh, tune in once again. Fuzzy Logic, your science on a Sunday.